This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, what's happening? This is TC Carson, and you are listening to ACMG's Talk Time Live. And this is Kratos. Keep listening. This week, we get a new trailer for AEW Fight Forever, but will we get a release date? I also give predictions on this year's Game Awards, and in our final stage, I review God of War Ragnarok. All this and more in this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extras. Select start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. everybody and welcome back to another game-filled edition of select start the video game podcast for acmg presents talk time live i am your host xavier josiah and we got some things to talk about uh new trailers came out for fight forever so we'll talk about that will be the first thing to talk about but we'll get down to the predictions my predictions of this year's game awards not all of them of course like i said last year so many i don't cover everything just the ones that i'm more interested in the ones that i feel that are more important I'm going to uh, discuss and give my thoughts on that and see what happens from that. So we're going to get started from that. But in our final stage, as I mentioned, God of War Ragnarok played through all 20 hours of it. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk and it's going to kind of play into my predictions of this year's Game Awards as well. So let's get underway. Let's talk about AEW Fight Forever, which it was supposed to be announced or revealed on the full gear pay-per-view tonight somehow some way playstation jumped the gun and showed this already so the actual trailer for aew fight forever the latest game trailer for aew fight forever is out now as i am doing this if you're just now listening to it it's out now you don't have to wait to the pay-per-view which i think it sucks for aew in a sense because they were advertising this in a way in saying that, you know, if you're going to buy the pay-per-view for night uh, tonight, you're also going to get exclusive an exclusive look at new footage for Five Forever if you buy the pay-per-view. So lo and behold, the actual video gets out courtesy of PlayStation and we get to see this early. I don't this is the, I think this is the second time that this has happened where a video was revealed like that i think yeah it was in fact the last one was when brit uh the gamescon you know trailer brit baker and uh tony shivani did that really cool funny skit you know leading into some of the footage of the gameplay and that was leaked before it was actually revealed at gamescon and it happened again i don't know how this is happening why this is happening but if it, I, it can't be it can't i don't if they're doing this as a quote-unquote leak situation it's kind of lame at this point because everybody's more aware of the quote-unquote leak situation and like it's not really leaked but if it's not then i would be pissed at sony 
you know, if that's the case, because like if you're using that as a lead in to get more buys for your pay-per-view and this gets out, you know, you, I mean, and not to say that like people are just solely going to go in and just for the, uh, the game footage, but it's an extra incentive to go in to, you know, want to check it out. You know, I I'm still leaning back and forth to want to get this pay-per-view and that was kind of my lead into like, okay. I do kind of want to see this game footage, even though I know it's going to eventually be on YouTube sooner or later, not early, but sooner or later, like after it was revealed, I'm like, it's still enticing enough. But what I was really looking for is a release date. Now, while this is out and what it does is basically it's showing, you know, Orange Cassidy, John Moxley, uh, Brian Danson, Adam Cole, uh, Chris Jericho, you know, which we didn't get to see before. We saw Chris Jericho before, but Orange Cassidy and MJF and Brian Danson, we didn't get to see a lot of these guys during uh, Thunder Rosa's seen in the commercials as well in a trailer as well. Um, it looks awesome. Adam Page is on here as well. We're seeing Sting, different people that we didn't get to see before, and it looks awesome. I mean, regardless, it looks freaking fantastic. Britt Baker, of course, we've seen her on here. And we're also seeing, what we're also seeing too is intergender matches, which we don't see on uh, any of the 2K games, WWE 2K games. So that's something that's going to be brought to the table because they show Britt Baker fighting Brian Danielson in here. So there will be intergender matches in here as well. So they're not, they're not limited to just, you know, one-on-one, you know, it's equal opportunity in here. So that's going to be interesting. The weapons are in here. They got lights out matches in here. And um, they also have, for those who are wondering, of course, at this day and age, you got to have titles. The titles are in here. Very interestingly, they show um, the original women's title. And that is to say, okay, that's in there. But is the recent women's title in there the one that everybody really really like we love the original but the new one that is being held by um currently held by uh I god i forgot her name already um oh i'm gonna i'm killing myself for forgetting her name but it's you know the, i'll just say the current <laughs> and, and her theme music is in my head right now too that's even worse but um the recent title now is actually out and it's stunning. It's like the female version of the big gold belt that Ric Flair used to have. And I got to believe that's in there too. But, and I say this because in this trailer, we see Jay Cargill with the original, with the, um, with the T, uh, TBS title. Now, why that is significant is because the TBS title came out later after the new title belt, after the new, uh, women's world title belt so if they have the tbs title on there they gotta have the latest version it would be so weird if they had the original women's world title belt in the tbs title belt which came in 2022 earlier this year and they do not have the recent world you know women's world title added to that we did not see the tag team titles i'm sure i'm pretty sure the tag team titles are in there as well uh i really doubt that the trios title will be in there um nor the uh all atlantic title i would be surprised if they're in there and i would be happy uh that it'd be in there but um what we also didn't see was a release date for this as well unfortunately um so hopefully maybe because I, I think the thing is we already we already saw footage of this 
enough to be convinced that we want to all play this game. I sh I'm sure I can speak for every wrestling fan and gamer in this sense. We already do want to play this game. Um, what I also, I think we're also looking for it is a release date. Here's the other thing noticeable about this. The new graphic for Fight Forever does not, and I repeat, does not have CM Punk on the cover. In its place, in the front, is Kenny Omega. That is very telling. It is actually, to be honest, the new graphic is better looking than the, orig than the original one. Um, I think they look like they added a little bit more people. MJF is in there now too. And um, yeah, uh, this is very telling. It looks like CM Punk will not be a part of this uh, AEW as of right now. So this, I think this is the nail that nail in the coffin right here. Um, I just, I just think that that's very interesting that it's a new graphic and this is not happening. So for those who were hoping CM Punk will be on, you know, be back with AEW, it looks like this is, this is it. This is it. Um, CM Punk's, you know, reign is ended and it, it's, it's, it's an unfortunate thing, but nonetheless, this game is coming out. The Bucks, Kenny, the elite, which I honestly, I'd love the fact that CM Punk was a part of AEW for the stint that he was in. But at the end of the day, AEW was created based around the elite. So it would have been, I think it would have been worse not having the elite than it is have not having punk because they were there from day one. This whole thing derived from, you know, the elites run through new Japan, through ring of honor, through, you know, there being an elite show and everything. So they're, it's it's safe to say that they are even though punk was a very important part and he generated a lot of you know publicity for aew it is still safe to say that in its core the elite is a little bit more important in this state so it is what it is so there you have it right there um coming soon man it, it's uh it's all coming soon i'm looking forward to it but if they don't reveal a release date tonight i think there's going to be a lot of upset fans because yes we already saw the footage like i said um and we love to keep seeing it more but we want to play it now and it looks like it's getting so close to finishing right now it, it looks phenomenal and even more the fact that it's going to be on the nintendo switch i am fingers crossed fingers crossed that this will happen because I, i'm seeing more progression with games on the PS on, on the Nintendo switch. Now, um, Sifu's on air and it plays great on air. Uh, we got Sonic frontiers that I'll be reviewing that next week. Um, it plays really well, you know, whether the game is good or not, it, it, it the fact that they were able to cram all that in was really good. Uh, mortal Kombat 11 was also, uh, as successful, uh, in other ports on air too. So, I would hope if they could get this, what they're doing here on the Nintendo Switch, that is going to really blow people's mind in a way that, and, and it, may, it may give them the edge they need over WWE because it's the one thing that WWE has not been able to accomplish is 2K games been able to uh, assimilate a or adapt a Nintendo Switch version because the last time they tried in 2018, it was the biggest bomb in the world and it was actually 
dumped one of the absolute, still to this day, worst games ever on the Nintendo Switch. So we will see. Hopefully we'll get some release date information on there. And uh, it looks it looks awesome. It just looks awesome. And the things that we're going to be able to do on there is just it's fantastic. I absolutely cannot wait for this. Just let's just let's just bring it, man. Let's just I, I'm excited. Let's do this. So. All right let's get to the game awards um if you haven't already go to thegameawards.com they have where you can put in your own predictions of who's going to win now i will say as fun as that is your your vote i don't believe at at, at any point your vote matters at the end of the day but it's a it's a fun way to you know put in predictions of what you uh think is going to win in these categories you know I think they should turn this into a contest to see who gets the most predictions right and get an incentive at this point. If we're not gonna, if our vote truly is not gonna matter because the voting goes to like some of the biggest forms of media out there, IGNs, GameSpots, you know, you know, uh, stuff like that. Um, a few influencers out there, I guess, you know, which at the end of the day, it's just like, okay, then anybody can technically beat it. It's just whoever gets the most views and and uh and likes on air still can get this it, you know it's it, here's the thing why well, i think that it's, a lot of that is a little bit iffy like if you're an influencer i hope that you're an influencer with some gaming experience inside the in in the industry because other than that it's just like how are you different from anybody else other than you get more views on your content and basically that's like other than that it's like okay you get more views in your content and that qualifies you to get a, a get the ability to put in your volatility you know i i would hope because i don't i looked at it and i don't know i don't recognize any of the people um that they have actually you know uh went for in this case so i mean I, like i know all the the companies like uh entertainment weekly uh we got game informer game radar you know those guys i recognize GameSpot, ign um i recognize that the jeff gertzman show I, I i've seen his face i don't exactly know what exactly about him um la times of course polygon pc gamers like the, these guys vice vice.com um you know these guys and then there's some uk guys as well um but they have a few few uh guys in here that are considered uh eligible to do it but other than that it's like i hope that they're just not getting people just because of views more than it is they have more experience but from what i'm seeing on here for the jury for the real people the the real committee it's full of basically you know established companies around the world that have ventured into is that are qualified so that's for the most part um but the voting that you're going to put into this the voting is not it doesn't really make or break anything it's just it's our way of having fun and getting a guess on who's going to win but go to um, thegameawards.com go to the nominee section check out who is up for grabs this year and let's start with the game of the year let's get down to that um man we had some really great games this year i out of 
all six cat uh you know uh participants of the game of the year i've played three games here um would have played four but i'm just not a fan of the game of the battle system of that one but god of war ragnarok has been nominated horizon forbidden west which came out earlier in the beginning of this year uh was nominated well deserved stray is nominated um you know i reviewed stray i love stray i thought it was a little bit short but the story was very touching and moving very similar to god of war um so in hindsight yeah i guess it does it i guess it does in some cases i felt like there was something else that could have fit that spot though but um it's in there elden ring huge it was huge this year um whether i played it or not it was huge this year people were just so into it for at least a month or so if something else came on plague's tale requiem is also nominated and xenoblade chronicles 3 has also been nominated as well xenoblade xenoblade chronicles uh was the game i was referring to that i wanted i would have played that game but i'm not a fan of the battle system i was it's it, it's it's very world of warcraft ish uh it, you know it's uh I'm, I'm not really a fan of that at all so we will see wait am i right in saying world of warcraft is it yeah i, I yeah i think it i think that gameplay it does resemble that i could be wrong but honestly i think it goes down to elden ring god of war ragnarok or horizon forbidden west as to who's going to win this um and i'm torn right now between horizon forbidden west and god of war ragnarok here you have god of war ragnarok which is very heavy it's action based but is also strong story based and narrative based um here where you know it's not like open world by any stretch it's from point a to point b whereas horizon forbidden west they i feel like they really wanted to prove that they can provide the breath of breath of the wild experience this year that you know fans felt that they didn't do exactly in the first one because you guys remember when the original horizon uh forbidden dawn came out it came out at the same time for um breath of the wild and they were equally prepared they were they were they were compared and contrasted by fans and breath of the wild i played and beat both and breath of the wild did provide a more open world experience allowing you to literally go anywhere climb anything uh do whatever um the the logistics of the weather system in the game was awesome like if you if you if it was cold you're gonna freeze so you got to put on clothes that was like warm i mean you know and if it was too hot if you're in a desert and you're wearing you know clo like clothes that are considered too heavy you got to take it off or your health is going to deplete or whatever and but so it brought a lot of really it, it really brought a lot of elements into breath of the wild to make you immerse whereas horizon for uh, forbidden dawn it was an open world feel but it was limited and you felt the limitations when playing it graphically it was beautiful but it, at the end of the day you know you it, it was kind of superficial in comparison to you know i don't want to say hollow but it was a little bit more superficial you know like it was just more focused on looks rather than brains if you will you know and how that works um but for horizon forbidden west 
made a lot of improvements on uh on dawn i thoroughly enjoyed forbidden west much better uh i think you know if you put net if you're comparing it to just overall experience i think horizon forbidden west has a chance of actually you know beating out god of war ragnarok story-wise god of war ragnarok was so good and the performances were really good um not to say the horizon forbidden west performances weren't good they were awesome but the direction and narrative of god of war ragnarok is just really it really tucked uh tucked to your uh your, your you know your strings in this one elden ring i never got a chance to play but it was just basically i heard there was a story in there but you can't get through the story because the game was so damn hard <laughs> so there wasn't i don't think the focus on the story element really is going to play so I, I think god of war ragnarok and horizon forbidden west has a stronger chance of getting the nod more than Elden ring because when it comes down to it Elden ring Elden rings was a challenge but overall experience i think people not everybody is going to enjoy that type of experience and if they just leaned on just were focusing on challenge and not having fun with the game you're not not everybody's going to experience that because everybody comes in with a different you know uh intent with different intentions for playing a game and Elden Ring provides a niche, it, you know, for those who just who loves a challenge. I, I I always I always argue that a game company should never create a game for solely one type of person. They need to create a game that everybody can enjoy and play the way that they want to play it. And God God of War, Horizon, and 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 you know I I can vouch for that. Even Stray, I can vouch that these are games that did provide a means to both and you know create enjoyment for those who just want to enjoy the story and challenges for those who want to be challenged i think there, i don't understand why there is a need to not provide options because you're spending one you're spending a lot of money too you want to have a an amazing amount of replay value and if people aren't feel like that they're getting beat down too much eventually they're going to do two things they're going to they're going to get off that game for a bit and go to another game and maybe come back or they're just going to get off that game period and just find another game that is more enjoyable that's just the way it is so uh if i'm going to give a prediction here i i guess i can see god of war taking this picking this up mostly because it just came out people are just now playing it um we haven't seen for horizon forbidden west since like months ago so if you got to go back and remember everything that went on there and if it didn't bring that much of an impact to you you won't remember it i the other thing i would say why horizon could win is because the not only just the quality but the quantity of things that you could do in the game and the amount of customizable things that you could do in the game as well god of war had some elements that you customizable elements that you could do with kratos and atreus um but it was very limited towards what you could do with aloy and everybody else that was in the game uh the costume design the character you know the, the costume design for horizon forbidden west can also play a venture too because you could customize you know gear for her so much and you could do so much and all the exploring that you could do and everything so 
it's it's possible Horizon Forbidden West could win this, but um, I'm going to go with God of War because I felt like there were some other elements that really can you really made this strong. And I think the story really played a part in that, too. So we'll see on that note. Uh, best game direction. I definitely, definitely uh, knew where I was going with this one. Elden Rings, of course, is uh, nominated. I even I, I maybe I need to go to YouTube to see if anybody actually beat Elden Rings. Cause I've Elder Rings was just such a hot thing for like a month or two. And then other games came out and people just totally just stopped talking about Elder Rings and it, it was just there, but you know, I don't think he I, I, I is, I don't know. I just don't know in terms of game direction. Nobody really talked about the story elements of it. Um, we heard many about horizon forbidden West and God of war. We heard a lot about stray immortality is also nominated here as well so uh for this for for innovative um for innovation and in the game direction i definitely got to give this to god of war i think this is what this was their strong point how they produce the game and the storytelling and the way that the really huge blockbuster cinematic feel of the game the way it was designed um you know this is customary for god of war god of war is the one thing that was so great and what makes God of War series, whether it be the this new version, this new chapter of him or the original Greek uh, Greco-Roman, you know, version of the game or, you know, it always brought on this epic action movie film feel this uh, this version of the series is also continuing to do that, but in a more broader and bigger way. I thought the writing was great. I thought the the creative vision of this was awesome uh it was just and you expect epic from god of war and that's what you got not nearly as i still think not nearly as epic as what you got from the first three god of war games but in its own way it was beautifully done and you couldn't take your eyes off everything and including especially like just the way that the kratos beard and some of the some of the textures of you know like the hair textures and everything in the game and the uh the clothing textures and everything it's just oh my god it's just so next level so it i'd say that horizon britain west was too but you can really really see it here um if you go into like graphics mode on kratos you can see the craters of his face <laughs> like it like it really looks there like it's legit there i funny story i got these contractors that are in here working on my place and i was playing it at the time they couldn't tell the difference of whether that was real or a movie that's telling that's really telling right there so i'm going to give this to god of war ragnarok stray i actually i i was kind of a little bit disappointed because the cat the, the art direction the graphics alone did not live up to what i was seeing in the trailers and everything there were some, I felt like there were some issues at the visuals of Stray. So, which is why I'm surprised that it's even getting nominated. I don't know if it's be, I don't know if Stray is the filler uh, participant in this, but it, 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 it there's no way it is going to lead up to any of the three, if not four categories here, you know, but it's good to be nominated. Trust me, I know. So, um, best narrative again. God of War for me. Um, again, I never played a Plague uh, Tale, Requiem, Elden Rings. Is there a story? Because 
all I keep, the only thing that people kept talking about is how hard these boss fights were. And people weren't really paying attention to the story. They were just paying attention to getting to one boss to another. I, nobody talked about the story. There's no character in there that stood out to people because you create your own, you know, character in this case, um, or create a character to what there. That's another reason why I can't pick. I should, nobody should pick Elder Rings. You couldn't pick, you could not create the character that you wanted. Like, and I'm saying this to say that they didn't, they didn't make it so you could create characters of color, convincing characters of color. That's why when it comes to, you know, game design and, and such, I like, I, that was my biggest issue with Elder Ring and why I didn't pick it up because I felt that they did, it, it didn't, no, you couldn't make a black person or a person of color the way that you wanted to see that type of representation in there. No, I'm out. <laughs> I'm, I'm out with that. So I don't even know if it has a narrative because nobody ever talks about the narrative of the game. But God of War and Horizon Forbidden West, the narratives are so strong with the series that like if you mention anything to anybody, it's considered a spoiler. It's not like that with Elden Ring because these are two established games that have been around for quite some time. So they, you know, they have to, you know, have some type of, you know, storytelling that people can relate to and can connect with and with character direction that people can, you know, really lock onto. And Kratos and Atreus definitely did that here big time because you got the father son bonding type of experience, you know, and the cats in the cradle. <laughs> story here with the uh norse you know mythology added to it and uh then you got horizon forbidden west which also really had a strong really narrative but i think for me god of war ragnarok uh especially after just beating it and after already playing horizon forbidden west i was so into god of war uh with that one so um i'm gonna give it to god of war ragnarok here and again i'm gonna tell you guys why I went to these later on in our final stage review when I give a thorough review about God of War Ragnarok there. So best art direction again, again, Elden Rings. I'm it looked it looked awesome, but Bandai is not known for making really, really good, you know, art direction and create a character direction with their games. They're a lot of the games that usually like really anime ish. Um, but when you got Santa Monica, you know, working in your helm, which is practically one of the biggest AAA developers out there. Um, you got Gorilla Games with uh, Horizon Forbidden West out there. And then you got Naughty Dog and all this. Like those are the top tier, you know, developers out there that really make some absolutely stunning games. Art direction for me, as I mentioned previously with the other categories in terms of textures and and, and just, you know, layers and, and such like that, and just environments in general. Um, Horizon Forbidden West, if, if they didn't have any other competition, I think I would have picked Horizon Forbidden West without a doubt. But again, their character direction, I mean, their costume design and, and, and the layout designs and everything also great, but the attention to detail on God of War Ragnarok reminds me of artists like Jim Lee, you know, and, and I may have mentioned this last year in last year's category too, but that's always go to the Jim Lee card because if you talk about attention to detail when it comes to artists, nobody does it better than Jim Lee. Maybe Brett Booth can I can second that, but um, Jim Lee is just, he's, he's the goat. 
when it comes to this stuff and you pay attention to every sense of detail and the character design and the clothing design and stuff like that so god of war brought that to you and i think that that's you know heavy on that part you know it's 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 very noticeable in this department so uh scorn was also nominated stray again i, I stray disappointed me art direction wise that visually it looks awesome to some cases but in other cases it's like they were i saw some issues with the visuals especially on a ps5 it just something about it just didn't live up the textures of hair and fur on on the cat it didn't match up it didn't it didn't it it, it didn't stay consistent it, it, you know as i was playing through the game scorn i i got a bit i never saw scorn a day in my life i don't even know what the hell that game is so um, there is that best score in music um this is what i'm surprised that uh horizon forbidden west is not in this category for some reason plague a plague's tale requiem elder ring god of war ragnarok metal hellslinger and xenoblade chronicles 3 were nominated i, I really don't want to give my you know opinion on this because i've only played one game here <laughs> here so i would be biased just to say god of war ragnarok but those are the ones that are nominated for that we got best audio design uh we got call of duty modern warfare elder rings god of war ragnarok gran turismo 7 that deserves only that definitely deserves to be on there horizon forbidden west all of them again i've only played two games on here um if i'm just basing it on the two games i that's gonna be hard because they both did really well in that department uh i don't play god of, uh, call of duty whatsoever elder rings i've saw video footage but i never paid attention to the audio design of it so I, I, I'm staying out of this category, but I, I, this is where Horizon Forbidden West and God of War gets a tie for me on this one. So it'll be interesting to see which one is going to get that nod from there. Uh, best performances here. You know, they got here's the nominees for best performances. We got um, Ashley Birch, who played Aloy. Uh, we got uh, Charlotte uh, uh, McBurney, who played in a. Uh, a plague's tale requiem we got christopher judge who is the latest kratos of god uh on god of war ragnarok we have um man engaged from immortality and we have sunny soljic from god of war ragnarok who plays altreus all right here's how i'm gonna put it had god of war not came out <laughs> i would have given this to ashley birch because I thought her performance as Aloy in, in the new game was really well done. Um, I really I enjoyed it even more this time than I did the last time. Uh, very engaging uh, in her performance. Christopher Judge, I think, kind of stepped back this time when it came to his performance as Kratos to allow other characters to really stand out this time around. Because the difference between this game and the last game is that in, in the original series that TC Carson, you know, did uh, as Kratos is that Kratos was all by himself in the original game. This one, he now kind of has a family. He has a he's teaming up with people on this time around. And that's where the difference comes in. But so he kind of stepped back. He's not the aggressive Kratos that TC Carson portrayed uh, before. And that's where things differentiate between the two. You know, at least you could say like, OK, this version of Kratos is dope because he's a more calmer, um, you know, 
laid back, tired, grim version of Kratos. TC Carson played the ever aggressive, exciting, you know, rage filled Kratos right there. So Christopher Judge's role felt like it was just a step back, just a little bit to allow Atreus or Loki, if you want to put it, it to be able to stand out as well as other characters as well. So with that said, my vote is going to Sonny uh, Soljic because as Atreus, I think he did a wonderful job, you know, this time around and his role, you know, uh, he's going through the coming of age type of storyline here. And uh, I thought he, he, he stood out more than anything here so my vote is going to go for him here but otherwise it probably would have go I, if if anybody else it probably would be, it probably would be ashley birch because i thought she did a really great job as uh as uh aloy is this year as well games for impact uh for thoughts provoking games with a pro social meaning or message to which none of these games i played but i'll just give off the categories here a memoir blue as Dust Falls, Citizen Sleeper, Edling, and Extinction, Extinction is Forever, Hindsight, I Was a Teenage Exocolonist. So, what I love about this is that we actually have a category for games, for games like this, that we are allowed to allow games to tell stories like this. And this is how far we've gotten in the gaming industry, and I love it. Um, games like uh what was the true colors i believe i think that's what i'm referring to because i played that earlier which had a really awesome uh let me see am i getting that right is that no it was i forgot that true colors is not the name of the, uh no ah oh, shoot i forgot the name of the darn game that i played earlier this year but it was one of these beautifully you know thought-provoking games out here and we're, we're able to see that that has a message and all that stuff but the gaming industry has gotten so much that we can make games that does that do things like this and i really enjoy that i really appreciate that because it expands the gaming industry for more than it is much like i've talked about with anime anime has done that so you know broadly over the years that like and it's always done that it is anime has always done that. anime was never just one thing anime was a variety of different types of genres within the within the uh art that allows people to enjoy what they want you know whatever the type of person that you are there was something for, uh, anime for it out there and it still is video games are doing the exact same thing and i think that that's a really awesome thing so to have this category and to have six games to choose in this category i think is really awesome too so best ongoing game uh, they have Ape, uh, Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, Genshin Impact. Now, I'm, I don't have a dog in this fight either, but I will say Final Fantasy 14 is always talked about. Apex Legends a little bit. Fortnite, of course, is always going to be in there because uh, they're always adding on new content. We see new advertisements every time. If you have a PlayStation 5 or a uh, Xbox Series X, I'm pretty sure you'll see new Fortnite content constantly on there. So I can see them winning this. But um, also Genshin Impact 2 has uh, been in here adding stuff in. And I would also say like going to New York Comic Con this year, the, what the only, when it came to gaming, Genshin Impact had a huge showcase out there. 
you know i don't know if that really makes a difference or anything but the fact that they were out there advertising with the huge display i got pictures of um the displays and the cosplayers and they put a lot of money into that display and showcase out there for Genshin impact fans and there was a huge line out there for that so i wouldn't be surprised if Genshin impact wins either but Genshin impact is a stunningly beautiful you know open world uh online game that i refuse to play because i'm too scared that they're gonna keep asking me for money but people claim that uh they got through the game without spending a dime so i, I just me get me and my my issues with online gaming is prevalent prevalent here so i, I tend to stay away but it, i i would be remiss if i didn't mention how beautiful that game is it's too beautiful <laughs> it, it, it it's it feels like it's just it's going to lure you into something that you don't want to get involved with. So I, I you know, I, I give it to that best indie game. OK, this is very interesting. This one is a very interesting category for me, mostly because the game that I thought that was going to make it in this category did not make it. So the nominees for best indie is Cult of the Lamb, Neon White, which I just started playing. I it you know i understand why that's in it is uh nominated sifu which i just got finished playing before uh, last night the last thing i played before i went to bed stray this is where this game belongs tunic i'm getting my vote to sifu i love neon white i love what i played so far stray i loved it but i felt it was too short again and it wasn't that much replay value once it was over tunic i definitely want to check out um but it looks really cool cult of the lamb i saw footage of it i haven't played it so I'm, in this category i do have a little bit of a fight in the game because i played three of the games stray was good story narrative wise but i don't think it was overall a good enough game to win this award neon white is awesome they got uh steve bloom as the lead as neon white in here and a few other uh great actors in here portraying the voices of these characters and the gameplay is pretty cool but what they did was what slow cap has done with sifu is nothing short of amazing i love this game i play it. it's I, I was just joking about this uh last night on the acmg facebook group it is the game best suited for stress relief <laughs> you know it's like games like that in games like in boxing games and and like mike tyson's punch out or whatever like that those games are awesome to play when you just want to let off some steam or whatever like that sifu is that game see and especially now that they added the um the new options the, the new options to, for better playability or more enjoyable playability they got the modifiers and all the stuff if you beat the game the modifier options come in so you can play it any way that you like you can even be on god mode or whatever in the game it's really fun um it's a lot it's way more fun than it ever was before like if i don't if i didn't give this game an a before it gets an a now like that's how much i love this game now um sifu just based on is I, I think they should have got nominated they should have been nominated for character direction as well i thought what they did was just really awesome it was it gives you the whole story narrative and and direction gives you a kill bill quentin tarantino uh john wick type of vibe to the game you know the story and narrative in here the way that they put it together is just really fantastic i, I think sifu should win this i think slow cap deserves for what they did in this game it's just awesome 
you know, and if you haven't played Sifu, it's on a Nintendo Switch now. Go out of your way, check it out. I knew this game was going to be in because it's like only like nine or ten gigs big. But within the nine or ten gigs, they packed in a really awesome package here for that much. It's just like you thought that this game was strictly for the PlayStation 5. And I looked at the, the, the memory capacity. I'm like, no, nah, this is going on a Nintendo Switch and didn't it? <laughs> so I, I'm going seafood with this. Uh, again, Neon White is, is a great, fun game. Uh, Stray is also a great, a, a great game, a really great narrative based game. But seafood gives you both narrative and great gameplay and gameplay that you have to master too. It's like, you, you know, you go, it, you'll want to keep playing to try to master all these moves. The more you play, the more you become a little bit more, you know, masterful each time around. And it is a heavy, there's a little bit more replay value here. Um, Neon White is a great first person type of shooter type of action game, but it's more, I feel like it's more focused on the challenge more than a story element. Whereas Sifu gives you both. It, it is based on, it's very story strong. And it also gives you, you know, a lot to want to master each time and you want to go back in there. It's not like I played the game and just moved on. I keep coming back to Sifu because it's that much fun. It's that much more fun of a game and you want to master it and you want to get, you know, permanently unlock a lot of the moves and whatnot in the game. So there's a lot to, to add to that. So I'm, I'm giving my pick to Sifu here. Um, best mobile game again i'm gonna go with genshin impact but the nominees for that is apex legends mobile diablo immortal genshin impact as i mentioned marvel snap and tower of fantasy genshin impact i think is going to win this bar none um again it's out there more it's constantly uh adding more to their content in this uh, i don't understand why fortnite is not in this category at all that people play that in mobile too but you know that's really interesting, but I, I put my vote on Get Your Impact just based on the popularity and the fact that I see that more out there. Best community support. Don't have a dog in this fight either, but Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, No Man's Sky. It's amazing. <laughs> it's that, that No Man's Sky in 2022 is still not only relevant, but, you know, come back from the trenches of what, what it was going through before. Um, they are you know nominated as well don't have a dog in this fight either but those are the nominations for that let me see here we got innovation of accessibility i don't have a dog in this fight either but this is the you know the category that recognizes software and hardware that pushes the medium forward by adding features technology and content to help games be played been enjoyed by even wider audience and the wider audience may be the uh hearing impaired the uh visual uh, the sight impaired, you know, individuals, there are always options and uh, such that'll help people play the games despite their uh, disadvantages, if you will. And uh, I know God of War uh, Ragnarok had that on there. I believe uh, Horizon Forbidden West had that too. I don't understand why it hasn't gotten nominated, but I guess it did, the features just wasn't enough. But As Dust Falls, uh, God of War Ragnarok, uh, Return to Monkey Island, Last of Us Part 1, and The Quarry are all nominated for that. So got that there best vr ar don't have a dog and will not re and refuse to have a dog in this fight but after the fall among us vr bone lab moss book two and red matter are all nominated in that department best action game okay this is where i was 
it was hard for me. And I got to go back to the indie um, category. And I, I mentioned that I was a, th this was really important because the indie category and why I thought that was significant. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge, which was said to be a, uh, it was said to be an actual uh, indie game. And I figure, okay, this is an indie game. It probably will get nominated and win because it's, it is marked as indie game. I had, you know, Yannick Bazil in here to talk about the game um from tribute games and um basically he i asked him the question a while back saying you know why is this game considered a indie game even though it's associated with nickelodeon and they say because you know roughly because only 15 guys are making it and you know that to them considered that an indie game well it looks like i don't think that it was considered any game by the jury because that did not get nominated. And if it was in fact entered in as an indie game, I think that everybody refused it because of his association with um, Nickelodeon. The fact that you it came out with a soundtrack, the fact that it had um, a soundtrack with not only just Mega Ram, but also um, and other great artists in there, but also Raekwon and, and, and Ghostface doing this, you know, if it was truly to be categorized as an indie game, I'm pretty sure Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge would have won this, would have won best indie game, even with Sifu on air, because it brought a lot. It, I will tell you this offhand right now. It is one of the most fun games I played this year. I just didn't understand how it was going to be considered an indie game with them being backed by Nickelodeon and have all of these elements that normally other indie gamers would not be able to get a hold of. You know, getting Raekwon and Ghostface to do a soundtrack with you is not a normal thing that indie games normally get. Um, having Nickelodeon back you up with a franchise, a licensed franchise, it's hard to consider that an indie game. And I had a hunch, I really had a hunch that that was going to happen. Uh, so I, I'm not surprised that that didn't get nominated at all. And in fact, you know, I kind of figured that that was going to happen, but if it was going to be picked as a indie game, that would have, could have, and should have won regardless. And I probably would have, it probably, I probably would have given Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge my vote, but instead the beloved game this year is on the best action game, which now has a more harder task to do because it's going up against Bayonetta 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Neon White, and Sifu. And this was hard because I just talked about my love for Sifu. I mentioned how much fun I enjoyed the retro classic, which was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge and the amount of work that Tribute Games has put into that game in production. Had Bayonetta 3 not been in this category, I would have given my vote to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Um, Bayonetta 3, for everything that that game and Platinum Games have gone through leading up to this, 
having chosen to play this game after all of the things that went on in regards to the Helena Taylor situation, this game was awesome. And I would have been, it would have been so disastrous if all of the new, all of the information that came, didn't, uh, that come out, that came out now didn't come out. And in fact, that we felt that play the platinum games wasn't doing their due diligence to Helen and Taylor. Um, with that said, this game, they did so much to this game. They added so much for this game. This game was from start to finish. Absolutely fantastic. Um, Jennifer Hell, you know, playing the role of Bayonetta, her performance in there, she did it was spotless you i really didn't know the difference to be honest um but the action the over-the-top action the things that you could do in there the customary uh elements that they added to it it's hard not to you know give this to her and i got a feeling i'm predicting that not only is bayonetta 3 gonna win but i mean just the fact that bayonetta 3 was nominated i think is gonna piss off um piss taylor off by far um but the fact that you know if it wins oh that's gonna be a field day <laughs> okay that's good i i'll tell you but unfortunately like i god i feel like teenage mutant ninja turtle shredders revenge deserves an award some form or fashion i just think it's in the wrong category if i if they they claim that they were indie i think if that's true it should have been an in indie and they probably would have won that category from there uh best action adventure game we got uh a plague's tale requiem god of war ragnarok horizon forbidden west stray and tunic this is where i'm going to give it to horizon forbidden uh, horizon forbidden west because best action game and adventure game um and when they talk about that it explains on on the website on the uh game awards website for best action adventure game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving i thought everything that this mentioned goes greatly with horizon forbidden west uh just again the ability to just the open world travel ability in this game um the puzzle solving was really good, well well done um the storytelling was great and just that you you'll spend hours just traveling uh from place to place in the horizon forbidden west or hunting different you know um creatures or whatnot or you know doing going into different storylines before you go to the end and everything is you you really get engaged every bit as engaged as the last game every bit as engaged as um breath of the wild and and to that extent the witcher uh three you know wild hunt um all of that i just felt very invested while playing this game in here and uh i think this is where i'm going to give my vote to horizon forbidden west on here so got that best role playing uh yeah this is i again this is like i only played one game here one of these days i i did play the um well let's talk about the categories first bleach ring i mean bleach ring <laughs> elder ring live alive pokemon legend arceus tri uh, triangle Trad uh strategy and xenoburst xenoblade chronicles 3 has all been nominated here uh it's hard for me to really give a vote here because i've only played one game and that was pokemon legends uh arceus but nonetheless it was a really great game it's really one of my favorite pokemon games uh so far live alive i played the demo to it and i guess you got to be into 
turn-based old-school JP JRPG role-playing, uh, you know, uh, games like that to really enjoy it. It visually looks awesome. And I like the fact that they have voice acting on there. So I can see that getting picked as well. Elden Rings, I think, may actually win. Uh, this this is where I think Elden Rings is actually going to get an uh, absolute win um, because of what they were able to do with that game. Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Uh, you know, I heard it was good. I didn't get too many big vibes off of that. Triangle Strategy, another, you know, stellar Square Enix uh, RPG game in here. So I, 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 it's hard for me to give my vote for this, but I think Elden Rings is going to win. Even though I enjoy Pokemon Legend Arceus, it's just if I played at least three games in, in this category, I would put my hat in there. But I'm predicting Elden Rings may get this in here. And now here's where I could get it here. Best fighting game. My favorite categories here. And I have played all of the games that's in this category here. We got DNF Duel, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle R, King of Fighters 15, Multiverses, and Sifu, which, okay, I kind of got a problem with Sifu being in this game. In a sense, yes, it has fighting, the, the you know, the combat system, the, the, the mechanics or whatever like that is almost slightly of a fighting game, but this is a brawler. The game is a brawler. It's not a fighting game. And that's why I think it's, it, it, it is not really head to head combat. It's like you're fighting multiple people at the same time, you know, so I, it's, I don't understand why that's so on air, but whatever. Um, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. I've really enjoyed. Uh, this is a remake of the original game that was on a PlayStation 3. It looks even more beautiful now. They added more characters to it. My only gripe with that game was they didn't have a thorough story mode to it. And I thought that just, it, it dropped the ball on having that thorough story mode in there. But other than that, the game looks and plays beautiful, especially on a Nintendo Switch, which it makes me wonder, like, why isn't, you know, games like Street Fighter 4 or, or uh, the other Mortal Kombat or Injustice not in this series if they can bring this out and it plays fluidly like the, the frame rate and everything just looks awesome in here. DNF Duel, which is beautiful. It's done by Arc System Works and God, those guys just do phenomenal work when it comes to especially uh, game design and character design and, and the ability to create anime looking characters that you can control at ease at your at your helm but with that said i felt like dnf duel was a very limited version of guilty gear strive it was it, you could tell it just felt very budgeted to me um i didn't feel it gave you a, nearly enough of what you or what we expected from this game i like yeah they arc system works worked on this for aiding and 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 uh next sun and whatever but i felt like they were working on a budget like okay this is what we have to offer this is what we could do and then you know arc system works looked at this and was like okay if that's what you have this is what we could do for you for this price uh range to do we're not giving you the full guilty guest drive or Dragon Ball Fighters, you know, deal. We're giving you this, but we'll still make it look really good. That's what it felt like to me. The King of Fighters 15, which was a step up, but I also feel like that was limited because at this stage, I felt like they could have done a lot more with this game and they didn't. I felt like they dropped the ball majorly, like in comparison to Street Fighter 5 and what they were able to give us from a story aspect. 
King of Fighters didn't give it to you. It still fell into the same trope that it had prior to, you know, it's they fight in this arena. They fight. They do this fight. There's no real storytelling. There's no real narrative. It's just part, you know, you make it to part A and a part B and then the final ending and part C with a little bit of interaction in between. It's the same classic way, but I'm feeling like there's no real evolution in the game itself. They had some really great characters in the game and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's the same old game format. Change it up. So then we got multiverses, which is basically just DC's version of uh, Super Smash Brothers with a tag team element. I won't just, you know, throw it off there. I did like it, but again, it was nothing, nothing much to it. And it will never be Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. But it was pretty good for what it was worth. And it was okay. It just, it just didn't have enough for me. Uh, Sifu, again, if it was an actual fighting game, then Sifu would actually get it uh, if they had the same storyline element and whatnot. But beautifully done game. But actual fighting game, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, I think, did it best for me. And I'm giving my vote to that one as well. So best family game. Kirby in the Forgotten Land nominated Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga, Mario plus Rabbits or Mario Cross Rabbits Spark of Hope, Nintendo Switch Sports, Splatoon 3. A lot of really great family games here. This is a hard one. I love Kirby in the Forgotten Land. I, as much as I would vote for that, I don't think that's going to win it. I think the stronger one will probably be Mario Rabbits Sparks of Hope or Splatoon 3. I think they're going to be the the ones that are probably get it. But my vote is going for Kirby in the Forgotten Land. I thought that was a really fun game. It was close to their version of Mario Odyssey as you could possibly get with that game. So we're going with that one there. Uh, so that's where I, I my vote is going for Kirby in the Forgotten Land. But I can see Mario for, uh, and a rabbit spark of hope doing it overall or Splatoon 3. You know, that that's just the reality of it. Um, best sim also dune spice world oh i'm sorry doom spice wars <laughs> yes the spice girls are now in dune as dlc um mario rapids sparks of hope total war warhammer 3 two point campus victoria 3 all for best sim and strategy there and i think that's where i'm going to stop because the rest of it is just esports, which I don't get into. Multiplayer game, content creator of the year, best um, debut indie. Well, I could do that. Best debut indie is Neon White, Narco, Stray, Tunic, Vampire Survivor. I can see it going astray. I think my vote is going to go to Neon White in this case. I can also see Tunic possibly getting it as well. But I think from a storyline standpoint, Stray might actually get that nod there because i don't i don't see stray winning i would be surprised but i don't see stray winning a lot of the awards that it's been nominated for but the fact that it's been nominated multiple times is definitely telling something and i think it does deserve some form of nominations in some added categories but not all in that sense too um best oh yes we got to talk about this best adaption at in other words based on uh adaptions from a tv series or a a series or movie recognizing outstanding creative work that faithfully and authentically adapts a video game to another entertainment medium 
this was this is probably the deepest category of all the categories because we live in a day and age where we finally get accurate beautifully accurate game adaptions to things and it took us forever to get to this point you guys who weren't around during the 90s that are listening right now um you didn't watch super mario you didn't watch a lot of these live action adaptions to these video games that we had to suffer through through all these years to get to, excuse me to get to this point uh street fighter the john claw van damme street fighter you know this it's because of crap like that that led us to really appreciating anime because anime always did it right and and then also we got to remember the mortal Kombat, you know saturday morning cartoon and the street fighter saturday morning cartoon which was trash that the usa network would uh you know bring out those were trash i mean stuff like that but when japan did anime versions of the game characters like fatal fury and street fighter um and such like that it was beautifully done so this year arcane league of let league of legends was the game i was talking about a while back in accordance to the same gameplay as uh xenoblade chronicles 3 <laughs> that's what i was referring to so league of legends is, has the same type of gameplay but arcane league of legends that series was so dope and to have that theme song with imagine dragon as well is just pretty awesome it was a awesome awesome i can't wait to the second season that comes out deservingly soda needs to be on air cyberpunk edge runner the reason why i went back to playing cyberpunk and now the reason why cyberpunk is now one of my favorite games to play um right now it's owed to cyberpunk edge runner so a really really great anime that i think really captured the feel of the game very well in in anime form uh the cuphead show uh, season three is out right now by the way it just came out uh yesterday or friday um or yesterday if you're listening to it today on saturday that just came out uh sonic the hedgehog 2 was absolutely phenomenal even it I, nobody knew whether we, we we were really impressed by the first movie especially with everything that was going into it leading on with the character design they fixed the character design. The movie ended up being a smash hit and a great, great movie adaption to the original game. But how was Sonic 2 gonna fare? Well, we found out and it actually superseded the first in so many more ways and it paid off doing so many things that we recognized from the game and, and, uh, and, and loved about the game. Just fantastic. Uh, I literally just watched it yesterday because I was just playing Sonic Frontiers and everything as well. The game was so accurate. The, I mean, I said the game. See, the movie was just so accurate there. Um, I thought they did a tremendous job. And the deal was, was that like they played to the same storyline as the actual game, but adding a human element into it this time. And they did the same thing for the first. The first game was based around the first. The first movie was based around the first game in terms of story, but they added the human element to it and mashed them together. And normally that doesn't work. And they made it work. And they did the same thing here with the second movie because the second sonic was based on knuckles and knuckles being a bad guy and then he eventually turns good and because robotnik screws him over and everything so it really played in but they added the human element which didn't overshadow it it didn't overplay it they did it right the comedy was you know the comedy writing and everything was spot on the voices the performances everything was great about this movie and jim carrey as robotnik 
you can't go wrong. Okay, so I mean, there you have it. And then Uncharted, another actually really good surprise. I thought Uncharted was really fun. I thought it was a good movie. Um, I'm not a big Uncharted fan. I have played some of the Uncharted games. I didn't enjoy playing some of the Uncharted games, but as a movie, I thought, you know, Tom Holland and, and Mark Wahlberg did, you know, pretty good in there. It was, it was a pretty good watchable solid movie, but it didn't blow me away at the end of the day. So if you could tell by the way I described Sonic 2, that's who's getting my vote. And I think they absolutely deserve because this movie could have easily failed. This movie probably should not have been this good, but it has, and it really paid off majorly in every way. If you're a Sonic fan, it gave you everything you wanted to see from a Sonic movie, you know, in the same way that uh, Detective Pikachu did. Like Detective Pikachu was exactly the way I envisioned a Pokemon movie come to life. And Sonic 2 did the exact same thing. Like, I can't wait for Sonic 3. I cannot wait because they're just, you're going to get Shadow in. And I'm, I'm excited for it. So I think they more than deserve Sega, Sammy Group, Paramount Pictures. I think they more than deserve to get this award for this category here. So I think that is absolutely my last, uh, you know, category here. And I guess for most anticipated game, you know, it's Final Fantasy uh, 16, Hogwarts Legacy, Resident Evil 4, Starfield, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of of the Kingdom. Come on, Le Legend of Zelda's getting that. No doubt, they're they're getting that. But there are other awards uh, there for mostly eSport uh, categories as well, but I didn't want to get to them. But those are the categories that are going to be. Again, if you want to chime into your uh, votes and everything and share them with people on social media, go to thegamewars.com, check it out, and uh see what if you see how many um predictions you get this year all right folks we're gonna take a break and come back and what we do we're gonna talk thoroughly about god of war ragnarok and tell you why this was just a more important addition to the story of atreus and we'll do that right after this Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! reached the final stage of this program and i'm here to review god of war ragnarok for the playstation 5 and what can i say about this game that hasn't already been said about every god of war game this game was phenomenal this game was fantastic from start to finish uh who had any doubts that this game was going to be not awesome 
you know when Santa Monica games comes in, they bring it and they bring it hard. When they come at you, it's the game is already it's the, it, it, it's the definitive game for all game developments. It is a game that once is out, virtually needs not no more tweaking or whatever like that. It the game oh and if it does, it's unnoticeable. Like it's something that they pick up that we can't and the naked eye of things. Santa Monaco and, and, and Sony uh, Interactive Entertainment always brings the best of their AAA games, and this did no different. Um, it just was beautiful. It played phenomenal, and it was just enjoyable from start to finish. So, I mean, let's talk about let's talk about this. You know, go back to the story. Just picking up where the original God of War left off with us learning about Atreus's future and his destiny of becoming Loki and you know which is a more very important part of the Norse mythology if you will uh, he is a giant now in this version of God of War which God of War you know Santa Monica does a really good job when it comes to learning about the actual mythologies of things um when they did God of War the original God of War with TC Carson as you know uh Kratos it was based around the greco-roman mythology the greek mythology if you will the and it told it accurately to the real story like most people who when they hear the, the name of hercules and zeus they especially more zeus than anything they reflect on the disney-esque version of zeus not the, where the zeus is really supposed to be in zeus and, and if you watched um thor god of thunder he kind of the, the the Zeus in that one too kind of played up to what Zeus really is, and he's a prick. Um, he is not a guy beloved; or he's more revered than loved. And if you and I know this because I had to study it in art history, and we learned about the mythologies of the um, the Greek mythologies as well because through the art, and that's where I learned that Zeus is not really the beloved god that everybody thinks he is because of the disney films he is a bitter vengeful god and hence when they did god of war the original god of war from one to three it made all sense of the world like that was the most accurate depiction of zeus so it was easy to create a character like kratos to take out zeus because zeus is a bad guy through and through and the gods of olympus are like the legion of doom in this case so now we have odin and odin is not exactly the best guy in the world either he's very manipulative in this game um but he seeks atreus or loki to try to help him you know gain power of knowledge you know for the future to prevent ragnarok from coming this gets into a whole situation with kratos and atreus atreus uh wants to prove that he can he can man up in this case uh kratos still thinks that he's not exactly ready for this as well and they got all these other things going on so kratos basically he's he's fearing for his son because he wants to protect his son but he doesn't know how to go about it in this case and they go through this whole adventure of you know making it to asgard and, and the midgard or whatnot to you know uh, you know try to you know keep from ragnarok from happening and you go through this whole entire journey this awesome awesome journey here and there's so many through this we get a 
father-son bonding storyline and a coming of age storyline for atreus because like i mentioned before in the last segment when i was talking about the game award uh you know uh selections in terms of narrative and, and character and, and direction and everything the narrative for this one and the direction here was more focused on it was still focused on on kratos but it felt like christopher judge um you know had to take a back seat here to allow atreus and other characters to get a bigger shine because as i mentioned before the original the original uh you know god of war it was more of a loner type of situation kratos was only about himself he only did everything by himself he fought titans by himself you played no other characters but kratos in this case here a little different this time around you get to play as atreus whereas last game he got to team up with you um from behind you get to control kratos for the most part but you would have atreus do commands this time you do play as atreus to rec to represent the fact that he is coming into his own and you see little bits of differences in his character from the first game whereas for one thing kratos no longer calls him boy so we don't hear constant says a boy because smartly smart enough for santa monica when it comes to the writing is like all right we can't let that overwhelm the game like it did on the first one it was fun it was great but he's no longer a boy so we shouldn't be keeping calling him boy Altreus is now coming into his own. He doesn't need his father's help and it shows throughout the game where he's able to climb walls by himself. He's able to do a little bit more things by himself, but he is still growing. So there's some aspects of himself that still has lessons to learn in this case. So he doesn't exactly fully grow up, but he's growing as the game progress. He's learning as the game progress as well. So, and you get to see that type of you know that story development kick in throughout the game as well so we also have um Mimir come back as well he was kind of a big part he was the conscience to both kratos and atreus through this whole thing the biggest story here was thor this version of thor this was big heavy set thor from like that we saw in endgame so in hindsight this may be the most accurate telling of thor and the Thor that we saw in game may have actually been the actual Thor that we should have seen in the first place, but they decided to, you know, go with a more full figured Thor, but his, I loved his demeanor. I loved his, his presence because you know, yeah, he's a, he's a big dude. He's a big fat dude, but he, you don't take him lightly. His presence was like very intimidating. Uh, Ryan Hurst from sons of anarchy, uh, took the role of thor and very convincingly so uh i love this thor character uh there were times that you feared him there were times that you enjoyed him because you know when he's working along with atreus and such um he's trying to figure out whether he can trust you know atreus or loki for that matter and i thought it was great speaking of atreus as loki what we if you didn't notice if you guys you know obviously from the marvel films you know loki you know that loki's the god of tricksters and whatnot i loved how they did this because in marvel loki tom uh tom hiddleston if you will he plays a very manipulative loki a very treacherous backstabbing loki because that's his 
still he's supposed to you know he's supposed to be you know tr full of trickery and deception this low-key was very subtle to, to that role he was still a good guy he wasn't he was not the low-key that we are familiar with from tom hiddleston's performance of it he did some manipulative things but not but had a a best interest for it it was for the greater good um and it wasn't like it wasn't deceptive it what well, was deceptive but it was like it wasn't um it didn't there was no ill will towards how he did it you know um and they kept mentioning how he was trying to, you know, he, whether he was, they could trust him or not. And maybe when he grows up to be a little bit older, that maybe he'll, will fall into that low key that we know, but it was a little bit more like he had a, he had, he, he went, he did it for, you know, with a sense of moral and ethic, you know, and into his play this time around. So I really enjoyed that. We got to see a different look at, a, a a different type of low-key and on top of that he wasn't alone either he um he was accompanied by some new characters that he was in one in particular that stood out <laughs> one of few that stood out uh agrabata who is the she's a giant herself and I, I i guess the spirit or whatnot um she was played by leia Delion uh Delian, uh leia Delion hayes and she is a woman, a black woman in the North, a black girl in the Norse mythology. She is one of the uh, last remaining giants since the fall of uh, jo uh, Jotunheim. And she has hidden herself for many years, uh, waiting to um, fulfill her prophecies, which involves Atreus as well. So even though that Loki is a giant too, um, well, Loki is a frost giant, in, in the Marvel universe, but here he's just a giant, but it is, it has been said that in the God of War universe that you could be a giant, but not be giant. Like giants is just more of a, the name of the race, if you will, but they don't exactly, they come in all, even giants come in all shapes and sizes, which I thought was very interesting, but she is in fact a considered a giant here is so is uh, Loki and she played a really integral part and i loved her personality here and i love the fact to see you know loki or atreus interact with these new interests in here that he was you know he it was her and it was uh thor's daughter who he was kind of having this kind of a attraction to if you will and it, you know they, it gets mentioned uh in the progress of the game uh, cause it shows that he has a bit of an interest for Thor's daughter. He has a bit of interest for, uh, Agrabata. and here is, and it, it's really kind of a cute flirty kid type of, uh, situation. And you kind of rooting for, uh, for Atreus at this time is like, are, is he going to, are they going to, is this going to develop to some point <laughs> here? And I, I thought it was really good. And the funny thing about her character is that I had this discussion online with probably some ignorant C see like see student of a troll who made it adamant to to let me know that there are no black people in norse mythology that he knew because obviously this guy invested in norse mythology i doubt it but here we have this character and not even just the character we had like three characters of color in this game 
and James uh, Mathis the uh, third, who also plays Black Panther in the uh, Black Panther uh, Avengers Black Panther's Quest, and he's just Black Panther on virtually every damn thing in in terms of animation. Uh, but he played a character called um, Hills Vinny in here as well, and then you had uh, Agra uh, Bada's mother or grandmother in here, who also was a woman, a black woman as well. So yeah, black people do exist in the Norse mythology. If not, then it is now. So deal with it. <laughs> Representation was was in this hair for us. So Freya was also a major character here as well because you know she was in the last film. Uh, I'll just keep saying film. She was in the last game as well, and she was a big part of that because they took out. Apparently, she is married to Odin, and she uh, you know. Kratos took out, you know, her sons. So she wanted absolute revenge of them, raging revenge on Fre um, on uh, Kratos and uh, Atreus for what happened then. And somewhere along the lines, not to spoil anything, but somewhere along the lines, they keep meeting up and, you know, things happen on that note. So there's also, um, who else do we have here? Tyr, here as well who is a giant that they need uh, to help him through the battle against Odin and uh, Asgard and, you know, to help with, uh, you know, Ragnarok. And then, of course, coming back is Brock and Sindri, who helps you, uh, who appears everywhere in the game to help you upgrade your gear and upgrade your weapons as well. So the game this time around is much different than what we expect. And I like this. I really do like this because it, it doesn't say that this is better than the original god of war but it's its distinct version so in hindsight they made it so you could enjoy the original god of war as what it is because it's it's a, an enjoyable action platformer and you can enjoy this one as a third person action-based platformer or it's just a, i guess it's a third person view uh action game as well i don't know i always forget how to categorize this game but it is an action of uh is it's more of an action-based game uh that they do differently and they perform it differently from the original god of war but you got two different really great uh versions of the series coming you know combined together the difference here is that kratos tired withered grim and he i, I feel like he's just ready to like let, let it all go he now is relying on a team Whereas, like I said, the original, he did not. And I like this because I feel like this is what he always wanted to do. He never wanted to be Kratos in the first place. He was tricked into becoming Kratos. He was tricked in to becoming the God of War, the God killer, as if you will. You know, it was all tricked into him way, dating way back to the beginning of God of War. And uh, I just I just really enjoyed everything. Um, the adventures that you go through what i i will say this what i wasn't a big fan of was the puzzles this time around the puzzles to me were a little bit too challenging a little broad i love the puzzles of the original god of war better um i feel like they were just too deep in in some cases um but nonetheless i um i enjoyed them for what it was it was a little bit more challenging than i expected to be <coughs> excuse me but nonetheless, it was really a lot of fun. The game is just fun, period. It's just beautiful looking uh, to look at. Graphic wise, it's just incredible. 
it like everything from the clothing design to the textures the weapon designs as well it's just absolutely done i wish they had more weapons i think that's the one thing that was missing here from this version of god of war compared to the original god of war is that kratos in the original god of war had a a lot of awesome cool weapons that you could use um in the in a during the greek mythology era this one not so much you, you like you're really just down to the axe and the the axe and the uh blades of chaos which i'm never gonna hate on the blades of chaos i love the blades of chaos um but also other you got one more other weapon as well and then that's it like you got the spear and then that's pretty much it you don't have anything else and i felt that was that was a little bit of a letdown on that sense because if you go back to the first three god of wars or even um the first three god of wars plus the psp versions of god of war you would they would design so many awesome new weapons for you to use in your path and it was awesome i think the other thing that was missing too was like titanic battles you didn't have to i mean this is the part that differentiates the original god of war from the from this one which is why i still say i enjoyed the original god of war series better because you you had it was kratos fighting these insanely scaled you know enemies that they were pretty much platforms that you could walk on that you could just and it just made the whole entire thing so awesome like god of war 3 is still to this day even with ragnarok as great as ragnarok is god of war 3 is still my all-time favorite because one it just got it was bigger and better and two we got to see the climax the long awaited climax to him taking out zeus and the way that they dragged that storyline in and made you want to anticipate to get to this point it was major back then and this this was major now but i just feel like as big and beautiful as god of war ragnarok is it still didn't provide the utmost epic experience that you got in the original god of war series but it told what its biggest focus and strength what makes this game so great is the story it's the strong very strong storytelling in this game also the low the fast loading time as well it's just like you're on a ps5 it's just absolutely tremendous the visuals are just uh, freaking awesome and yes the dual sense integration in here i gotta say uh it's just it's one of the best it's the reason why i love the ps5 uh i forgot what game that i played last week that i was arguing about the the lack of I forgot the game that I was playing on the PS5 that had the lack of, um, oh, it was Gotham Knights. Uh, we were talking about the Gotham Knights and the lack of DualSense uh, integration that it had in there where you could feel the intensity, the you know, through the trigger buttons or whatever, whenever you do some things. This game defines how a PlayStation 5 game should be played, how you should be playing any game on a PlayStation 5. This game defines that, and the, and the use of the dual sense is such a really good adaption to this, and how it triggers the functions and everything in here. Absolutely, the audio in here is just great. The uh, it, it's you know there's a lot to love about this game. Overall, uh, this is a major win. This game is I, I again I nobody doubted in their mind that this game was not going to be a major win. Um, 
they had full confidence coming in, especially with the advertisements that they had, the commercials, the trailers, the ones that they had with Felicia Day, the ones they had with Ben Stiller and uh, John Travolta and, and uh, LeBron James. They had all that in there because they knew that this game was going to be it. Like, it's not to me the best God of War game I've ever played. I, like I said, I give that nod to three. But it is definitely the definitive game for the PlayStation 5. This is the standard that everybody should be coming at with the PlayStation 5. And I'll give the second nod to Horizon Forbidden West. But in terms of what you can do with this game, Horizon Forbidden West and Ragnarok and uh, God of War Ragnarok should be looked at as this is the type of game that you want to reach. This is the type of game that is worth your $59.99 or even $69.99 this game because you're getting a full-on absolute game experience the trigger effects in here adds on to the gameplay it is just amazing folks the holiday season is coming black friday's coming next week and what better way to do it than to get this game on the ps4 or the ps5 if you have a ps5 it's a no-brainer get this game on here if you have the ps4 still get this game because you're definitely going to get the same experience on there you may not get the dual sense trigger experience that people are getting with the ps5 but guarantee from a story aspect and an action playable ability stamp uh standpoint you're going to get that you're going to get it it's just when you get on the ps5 when you're finally able to get a ps5 it's going to be that much better because of the dual sense trigger a freaking plus is my grade for this game you didn't need a crystal ball to predict the obvious you know ragnarok is coming well you know this grade was coming as well so go out of your way get it you know i would say wait till uh black friday because you may get a sale coming soon with this but nonetheless or a bundle deal or something like that but go out of your way get this santa monica um you did it again so Folks, that will do it for this edition of Select Start. Now, fortunately, because I'm doing this episode here and there's a lot of things that are coming up, I won't be doing a show tomorrow. Uh, we will have a Select Start next week on Black Friday because uh, I'll be reviewing uh, Sonic. Uh, what was it? Sonic uh, Frontiers. Give that a review as well. And I will have an episode the week after on uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, week from there i don't know what i'm gonna uh, talk about on the show or whatnot but uh you know we'll we'll have something but just there was a lot of things going on this week in terms of like the, like I, I mentioned the contractors in my place i had to postpone some things i had to push some things aside so and then on top of that for wrestling fans tonight is full gear if you don't remember full gears tonight and i'm going to return to the guy uh the sunday night's main event crew uh because i'm going to uh, talk about rampage that came on last night and our predictions of whatever's going to happen tonight on a pay-per-view and some other things as well so i'm going to be a guest on their show so uh, that's happening very soon so, so stay tuned for that go over to uh sunday night's main event uh they have a facebook page as well uh in a um a group page as well you can check out so i'll be joining boris and the gang there as well to give my thoughts on you know the wrestling uh that occurred last night as well as whatever's happening and predictions tonight as well so stay tuned for that and much much more but folks if you love this episode and enjoy this episode in every episode of talk time live please keep us support it and go to talktimelive.com you can check out all of our audio episodes our video interviews especially when it comes to video interviews you can go check out the Kevin Conroy uh, press interview that I did in 2018 at Keystone Comic Con. It's all there. Um, you know, get it, get to know the guy who 
redefined what Batman was, you know, um, get a chance to check that out as well. And, uh, maybe actually that might be what I talk about, uh, next week too. I may just, you know, dedicate an entire segment just for him as well. That's appropriate. He deserves it. So we'll definitely talk about that and much more, but, um, you can check out all of these episodes, these great video interviews and more to come guaranteed. Uh, also media content in there as well. Me doing panels or whatnot with read pop, uh, is on air. You can check out our blog information of, you know, events that I've been to and things that I've, uh, purchased or whatever that you might be interested in. And if you want to subscribe and download, you could definitely check us out on Spotify iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora. And if you are on Tumblr, type in Talk Time Live and you can find us there. You can listen to the show there as well. Thank you again, everybody. It's been a pleasure. And I hope you have a great and safe Thanksgiving holiday and Black Friday. Definitely a great and safe Black uh, Friday holiday. Do not kill yourselves for any, you know, frivolous things out there. Just stay safe. So thank you, everybody. That'll do it for me on behalf of myself. This is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care and have a great week. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.